The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Comcast. And good evening, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, along with a broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. Always <laughs> grinning, I don't know why, but Jim Miller, our guest from Michigan, tucked away nice and cozy, I'm sure. Uh, Tom's dressed for winter in here. He said I'm I look like Elmer Fudd. He look, he's dressed like Elmer Fudd right now. He's got a cap, he's got a vest, and he's got a... Flannel. I'd say a plaid flannel shirt, buttoned, top button buttoned. So he looks like Elmer Fudd. All he needs is a rifle right now. He's got that thin blood spending all that time out in Maui. That's that's the issue there, right, Tom? You, hey, Come on, ex- you got to toughen up, my friend. Thicken who, it up a little bit. Who expects snow? I wonder if they're, you know, yesterday at Wrigley, that would have been interesting to see if any of the baseball players actually picked up, made a really well, you know, configured snowball and let it rip. Or do they <laughs> could totally stay away from that sport? Oh, no, they because... were throwing them around yesterday. Were they? Okay, oh, that, yeah. that they would have fun. been a fun thing to see. But, hey, April, four or five inches, three, four inches of snow? I'm not ready for it. Right. It's football weather, Jim Miller? Yes, it is. It, it's draft weather. I yeah. mean, here's, here's <laughs> the thing is. I mean, because, I mean, you're, it's, it gets, you know, you see free agency obviously slowing down right now and the excitement, uh, the the build up to the draft. And, you know, we here we've taken a lot of calls from, from the listeners out there and the Bears fans, you know, the opportunity to play uh, GM for the day and all these mock drafts are fun. But at the end of the day, it's who you target. You know, it's, I, I th- think of the team last year that really hit it in the draft. It have to be the New Orleans Saints. They got productivity out of four other draft picks that were really good players. Certainly Marshawn Lattimore, defensive player of the year. Alex Anzalone was a, a draft pick linebacker. He unfortunately got hurt, but he had an impact early uh, for that football team. But you just wonder, hey, can you hit on, on four draft picks? It's tough to do to get that type of, of productivity, but that that's one team that was an example that really reaped the benefits of the NFL draft. Well, we'll be looking at that in great detail. Later on in the show, though, we'll dig into the draft a little bit and see what uh, you guys have been hearing out there on the street as well. And uh, certainly, Jim, with uh, a show every day on SiriusXM, here's a lot of that. Um, tomorrow, deadline day for Cam and Meredith. Uh, the New Orleans Saints plopped down a $9.6 million offer for over two years to the Bears wide receiver, Baltimore also. Apparently put an offer on the table, but he signed that uh, tender with New Orleans. And now the question is, uh, will the Bears match that offer or let them go? You know, the, the thing about the Bears is they're privileged to the medical information, which we're not. And I always bring it up because it could be such an important factor in any decision you want to make financially and think of the future of the player. Remember, Cam is still in a development stage, and he's also coming back from an injury that he's lost a year of that ability to make the transition uh, from the to the position of wide receiver, so I, I think if if you're out there and your scouts have an understanding of what they're trying to look for for Matt Nagy's new offense, then I do think there's probably a younger group of guys that you can look at that have been playing the position for four years rather than a transition player like Cam. And I hate to say it because I love Cam. I love his attitude. I love his family around the team. I like everything that he's been able to dedicate. But when you have to look at the reality of production of the receiver position, you might have to look outside the box. 
Yeah, well, I tend to agree with, with Tom on this. I'm not saying they, they won't match the offer, but you just think of one healthy bodies. Number one, you don't have a head coach that's tied to Cam Meredith, right? Certainly uh, Ryan Pace has an affiliation to him. You love how hard he worked and his ability to, to get on the field, but unfortunately has the injury. And you're already dealing with Allen uh, Robinson uh, coming back uh, from injury, number one, or Kevin White, who's coming back from injury. You just wonder if they'd want a more healthy body coming into camp that really is probably could potentially be a better fit and a run after the catch offense uh, that Matt Nagy is going to install as the new head coach of the Chicago Bears. So it wouldn't surprise me if if potentially now they they go out and draft a guy who potentially could be a better fit in that offense. So, so Jim, let me ask you a question. So the Bears got 65 players they need to get up to, what, 90 when they go to training camp? Right. So now can you take that to, say, $9.5 million that they have dedicated to Cam Meredith is there a number of bodies that you can put inside that $9.5 million when you consider draft choices and free agents, or yeah. is it undetermined how many players you can fit? No, I think, well, be undetermined. I mean, you could still sign veterans for the league minimum right now. I think, you know, right now you're seeing veterans getting signed one year, one million. I mean, think of RG3 who just signed for Baltimore. I mean, it's just a one 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 year one million dollar deal. So absolutely, I think you know the more bodies that you could fit in there. Plus, you know, because the draft is slotted and slated, um, you know what it's going to potentially cost you via a young draft pick to be drafted. No matter, you know, I don't think we assume a, a receiver would go that high in round one where where the Bears are taking, but certainly in round two. There's going to be some good receivers that are available that could be good fits for the Chicago Bears. Well, but he's got in his favor. He's young. He's 25, yes. and like Tom said, still developing. He's in the developmental stage, but he flashed. He definitely flashed when the opportunity yeah. came to him uh, to get the playing time in 2016. And fortunately, that injury probably hit him at the worst possible time last year to wipe out his season. He could have been a, a major part of the offense again last season, but that didn't happen. But We'll find out tomorrow. Cam's a great kid, represents the Bears in a very professional way at all times, and I still see a bright future for him, provided he is 100% and ready to go. All right, when we come out of this break, we're going to be joined by another Bears wide receiver. Taylor Gabriel will join the program. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Shortly we'll be talking with Bears wide receiver Taylor Gabriel as the Bears uh, reload offensively and get ready. You know, next week uh, it's going to be a big week. You're going to have the uh, the veteran minicamp. It's voluntary. I guess the expectation is. Uh, that most, if not everybody, will be there and ready to roll under a new head coach and Matt Nagy. And now we're joined by Taylor Gabriel, the Bears' new wide receiver. Good evening, Taylor. Thanks for joining the program. How you doing? How's it going? Fantastic. Hey, right off the bat, um, this is your third NFL team. What are you learning about this one, this Chicago Bear team in the early stages with the offseason uh, program? Uh, just coming into the uh, program and the facility, I just kind of like wanted to see what type of guys was there the uh the quarterback and, and Trubisky, how how his attitude and and things was, and for me being here from for a few days, man, I love it. Just the uh, camaraderie of the guys and the, uh, the the passion that they have for football and the perfectionists that that, that they uh, go through. We, we we did a few things today, and people was competing, so I'm excited, man. 
You know, Taylor, offense has changed a lot in the NFL over the last 15, 20 years. You know, fullback role is different. The huge run-stuffing linebacker is no longer in the NFL. But do you think the modern offenses provide more opportunities for guys like yourself, Tariq Hill, Tariq Cohen, that the undersized, speedy guys, the creativity, the new offensive coordinators create more opportunities for players like yourself? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, When I got in the NFL – I had um, I was with Cal Shanahan and he gave me my first opportunity and uh, I went at outside receiver and outside receiver is more of a bigger receiver's role but me going at outside receiver and being able to play that in the NFL and getting that opportunity just like we said man it's been a it's been a dream come true and to uh, play here and and have Coach Nagy and him having Tyree Kill and the different things that he did with him man I'm excited. Well, Taylor, Jim Miller here. Welcome to Chicago. And maybe I thought you touched on something early there, are the three teams you've been with. You know, Cleveland, and you mentioned Kyle Shanahan spending uh, time there, excuse me, and then you moved to uh, uh, Atlanta, and Kyle was, was calling the plays there, uh, mm-hmm. obviously knowing how to utilize you. And just in terms of that attitude that you mentioned, in terms of getting to know the guys, the organization, and, and obviously Atlanta's had a lot of success and why? What intrigued you about the Bears? Where you think the Bears could have that type of success in Chicago? Uh, just the new regime, uh, the, the the new coach, uh, meeting meeting Maggie uh, when I got here, and just seeing the things that he did uh, in, in Kansas City. And uh, my friend, like I said in the press conference, he uh, played in Kansas City, and he knew Maggie and what type of duty was, and I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, just coming here and just. Uh, kind of walking around the city and just feeling the environment of the city, the excitement of this new year and this upcoming year, man. I'm excited. The fans are excited. The players are excited. So I'm, I'm ready to get to going. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy with Taylor Gabriel, the Bears' new wide receiver. Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you on the program. Uh, Taylor, how advantageous is it, in your opinion, that Everyone involved is learning this offense together at the same time, including the position coaches. So all you guys are coming in together. Mitchell Trubisky's got to learn it all at the same time. Is there are there benefits to that in your opinion? Uh, yeah, of course, because uh, everybody's speaking the same language. Uh, the, the the wide receivers aren't running around to the death that we feel is comfortable, but at the same time, we all have to be comfortable from uh, the running backs to the tight ends to the quarterbacks, just getting comfortable with us, how we run, how we feel 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 that we need to run around to get open and, and be open in the time of the play. And also with the receiver coach and the quarterbacks. So because if a receiver messes up on something, uh, the, 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 the wide receiver coach, he has to be speaking the same language as the receiver and also relaying that to Coach Nagy on why he's doing those things. So, yeah, for sure, man. I'm with you on everybody being on the same page. You know, Taylor, you talk about everybody getting comfortable. And one thing about the Chicago Bears in the history, we've seen a great playmaker in the history of the NFL and Devin Hester, but a lot of it was kickoff and punt returns. And he's never be able to have his speed compute to a position. You know, looking at your bio, you ran track, played basketball, played football. When did your speed and size start computing to uh, making you understand that you were going to be this type of football player? Uh, I would say college. Uh, just getting to college and knowing that dudes was, was a bit bigger than me, but also just being able to use my speed. But what separated me, it wasn't just my speed. 
it was me understanding football, understanding routes, understanding the concepts of uh, different defenses, different defense, and uh, really figuring out how to play football and, and be a, a key receiver. And it was a receiver that's been here. I'm pretty sure you guys know who it is, Johnny Knox. And me and him went to the same uh, college. So uh, just following him to, to, to Chicago and him being here, I feel like uh, I'm excited, and then I'm ready to get to going and bring some, bring us some speed to Chicago. Abilene Christian, and yeah, what's in the water there? You guys are all fast coming up. There. But, uh, but when you, Daniel but, Manning too, man, Daniel Manning. Oh yeah, he, he was a burner. Manning. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. Well, let me let me ask this because certainly there's a perception about the the young quarterback uh, Mitchell Trubisky, and here you just come a vet come from a veteran quarterback, and again he had a lot of success, and it's going to be critical not only for you but Allen Robinson and and Trey Burton to get caught up to speed. But what was your perception, and, and now that you're in Chicago getting to know your quarterback, where this could potentially grow to in terms of a high powered offense? Uh, he, my perception is that he was a young dude, and to be a young quarterback in the NFL is tough. The transition from college to NFL is is, is hard, man. On quarterbacks, but uh, just seeing the things he was doing last year, it wasn't just him playing football. It was just how he was under pressure, how he was when those uh, situations did come up, how he kind of led those guys as a quarterback. And uh, I had talked to him today, and I told him I, I, I love his swag, man. I love the, the things that he, he brings to a team. But at the same time, I have been with a, a, a great quarterback in Matt, in Matt Ryan and seeing the way that he works, his work ethic and the precision of everything that he did. And I want to just bring just a little tidbit to uh, Trubisky, man, and, and make him one of the best quarterbacks in the league if I can help. Hey, Taylor, in the building process of this offense, how helpful can Chase Daniels be to you? Here's a guy that's been in the league. He's got an understanding of the information, and maybe if you don't have time to ask Mitchell Trubisky a question, here's a veteran quarterback that you can go to. How helpful can he be to the rest of the players? <laughs> it's very helpful, man. All these questions are pretty good questions. I feel like you guys. <laughs> hey, you got <laughs> you got I football like, guys here. I know, man. I feel like you guys are like in our facility because uh, I was talking to Chase today, just about football, man, and, and the X's and O's of everything, and and kind of how I want the ball, where I want the ball, and and getting comfortable with him and, and, and Trubisky. And things like that. So, uh, yeah, man, that plays a big key into just understanding what everybody wants from a quarterback standpoint to a wide receiver standpoint. It seems that there are never enough weapons, but sometimes there's just not enough footballs. I don't think that'll be the fear here, but it's always something to consider when you bring a lot of talent, all, especially in this case, all at one time, and you're still developing some younger players on this roster. Uh, are you excited about the fact you've got not only Matt Nagy, but you've got Coach Childress there. You've got Mark Helfrich there from the college program at Oregon and that kind of mindset about spreading the field and really threatening every blade of grass if you possibly can. Is this exciting for you as a young player, still a young player despite being a veteran, to fit into a larger scope here, This what is going to be called a Bears offense more than anything, and exactly what will be concocted in the end? Uh, the ending aspect is being one of the top offenses in the league and one of the most high-powered offenses in the league and being also being the most creative because not just the wide receivers, you have great running backs. I mean, you have great running backs that you can 
bring out the backfield and they, and and them running routes that that brings a, a mismatch uh, on third down and also on first down. And uh, just in all in general, just to have all those guys in the same room, it's it's great. That's that's like saying I have all these superheroes. Uh, man, that sucks. Which superhero do I want to use? You want to use all of them. So that's a good problem to have, man. Too many weapons. And uh, like I said, man, I'm excited uh, to to get going and us being out there and gelling and just having fun. Well, which one are you? Are you the Flash? Which one? Are, which <laughs> one? Uh, well, let, let me let me ask you this because you know your role is speed, certainly. Uh, but man, you're so young. I mean, you probably have yet to even scratch uh, the potential of what you could reach. And maybe just touch on that where you think you're at in your game and just how comfortable you are now because you could be a guy that could potentially explode, Mister Flash. <laughs> yeah, I've had I had great years uh, in Cleveland. I had a 700 yard year. Uh, and uh, in in Atlanta, I had a, a pretty good year, a lot of touchdowns. So I've really just scratched the surface. I've always been behind somebody, you know what I mean, and never been yeah. kind of that front runner and that person that you wanted to get the ball in the hands of. So uh, just having that opportunity to come here, I feel like uh, the tidbits and the, and the little things you've seen since I've been in the NFL, I believe I'll be able to like overcome that and and become the person that. I've always been in the NFL and be consistent throughout the whole year. Taylor, you said scratching the surface. You have one rushing touchdown. Is the offense developed to the stages where maybe we could see a, a Taylor Gabriel in the backfield, even on a jet sweep, or possibly a couple of a Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel in a backfield? We'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I know Tariq, he, he threw a touchdown last year. Hopefully we can kind of conjure something up to where I can get one of those touchdowns from him. It's, well, hold on. Can you spin it? Can we run a double pass? Can you can you spin the rock? They would know. I, I have to take my glove off the throw. <laughs> they would know something to be coming up. That's a bummer. Uh, so last question for you, uh, Taylor, and we really appreciate you joining the program. We look forward to getting together up at Hallis Hall and uh, veteran minicamps coming up and all that good stuff. But in the short time, and it's been a short time, last week it was the first time you guys all got together, do you start to see – a couple things from your teammates, like personality and who the guys uh, gravitate to and so forth and so on. It is a roster still far from complete, but there's a lot of different influences here and a lot of different guys from different teams. What have you learned so far? And talking about swagger, you got some yourself. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, just uh, coming into the team and just uh, hanging out with the guys this uh, past uh, week or so, I'm enjoying it and I'm having fun and and just seeing how positive the guys are and how competitive they are, I feel like uh, it's, it's, it's a perfect uh, group of guys, and I'm excited to get new guys in. So, uh, man, I, I'm ready. The, the facility is positive and, and and ready to get out there on the field and make plays for True Biscuit. I call them True. So <laughs> we're all excited, and uh, hopefully the fans are excited as well. As who, well. Who, who's your locker mate? Who's next to you? My locker mate? Yeah, who in the locker room. It's a defensive player. You know, they split us up as of right now. Oh. <laughs> you know, we're not together right now. Okay, sounds good. Taylor, we'll be looking forward to talking to you throughout the season. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great I, off-season program. I appreciate it, man. That's good Taylor Gabriel, Bears wide receiver, fun guy. We're going to enjoy talking to him throughout the course of the season as well. We'll see some big plays from Taylor Gabriel. We'll talk about it all with Jim and Tom coming up next. Here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
And welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score get exclusive access at the Miller Lite Bears Draft Party, April 26th at Soldier Field. Meet Bears players, hang out on the field, and watch the draft live on the video boards. Visit ChicagoBears.com. Tom and I will be there as well. Jim Miller, will you be? You'll be at Draft Headquarters in Dallas, right? Yes, I will be. So looking forward to it. I hear. I read. I read. I think it was on Monday Morning Quarterback on Sports Illustrated. Peter King's thing. Um, the Godfather, Gil Brandt, said it's going to be a draft like none other in Dallas. Have you have you talked to him about it? Because he says yeah, ha- it's going to be insane. Well, what I think uh, over two hundred thousand ticket requests have been out there, so it's going to be a packed house. I mean, last year there was one hundred and fifty thousand, I believe, on site there in Philadelphia uh, on draft night, and so it, it got uh, pretty crazy. And every year, kind of gets bigger. And you know, Jerry Jones certainly wants to roll out the red carpet and really showcase AT and T uh, Stadium, and that big screen's going to be kicking in the in the middle of the field. So, yeah, I think there, it's going to be a lot of interesting moves. I think there probably will be even more trades. This has been an off season like none other. We've already got, you know, in terms of trades in in free agency, there's been like 25 trades already, and so I would think that's going to continue on draft day. And think about some of the compensation. The compensation hasn't been that big for some of the trades because of the high salaries that's been involved. Say JPP going to to Tampa or the other trades like Robert Quinn to the to the Miami Dolphins and Brandon Cooks going to uh, uh, the Rams and here uh, New England picks up another first round pick. So you got all these teams that are loaded up with some ammo. You know, think about New England. They got two first round picks. We know Buffalo, they've got a, a ton of assets to trade. Cleveland They've got a ton of assets. If, say, they you know already have the one in the number four pick, they may want to trade back up and get a third pick in the first round is what they could potentially do with all the assets they have uh, leading up to the draft. So I, th- I do think it is going to be a historic uh, draft, and we'll just see how it, how it falls because every, every year it gets pretty even more interesting with a lot of young GMs that are kind of wheelers and dealers now. These guys don't mess around. There's, there's a lot of deals being cut. Well, you know, when the NFL went out there and placed the draft in different cities, I think the Bears did a great job of showing a template of what a successful draft atmosphere is going to be like. And I think they did a great job the first couple of years, and hopefully everybody else follows suit. You know, on draft, as this free agency winds up, you know, there's still that dangling, Chad, that OBJ thing. Is is he going to affect this draft? Is the value that some of these teams have early, are they going to go out and seek a guy with his ability? You know, because of the big-name players that have changed from Adama Kinsu and stuff. Now, OBJ is that one guy that's still out there that I, I think people are going to be interested in, in in making calls or offers, possibly. And we know the Rams did call the Giants to try. and, But the only thing is, maybe if the Rams gave up a next year's first-round pick, Maybe that deal could have been solidified because the the only setback with OBJ is he's got one year left on contract with the Giants, and you'd have to have the team at least talk to his representative to try and get a a, a contract in place. I would think that would be the the caveat. So it'd have to be a team with a lot of salary cap space. You know, Jim. I, one thing about the Rams that scares me is, do you remember back in the day when we were playing that the Miami Dolphins had more first-round draft choices on a single team than any that had ever been in the NFL, and it just imploded? 
it right. was there was a lot of high strung personalities there that really never formed a, a good fitting f- football team. You know what? The only thing about that though, you know, I, and I agree because there are some. I, I've never been a, a Sioux fan, for example, but you know, with all those guys they brought on the defensive side of the ball, Wade Phillips can handle it. He's got I the totally most pelts on the wall. Right, so he's a dominant figure, much like the head coach is for the offensive side of the ball. But you experience more than anybody when you get a lot of egos and a lot of personalities in the same room. All bets are well, off. Well, I mean, Aaron Donald's still going to be fighting for a new contract. Well, they he's have, he, right. His GM today said he will be the highest paid player in defensive football. Well, then, then good for him because, uh, again, he surprised my expectations. I just see when you start attract, bringing all these huge personalities on one team, and they're not all young guys. They're guys that have a lot of money already stashed away. And wh- what what do the games like 10 through 14 mean to them? It's just Sometimes th- that's going to take a toll on a team. And we've seen teams kind of put this offseason, they are putting all their chips on the table. I think Minnesota has done that with signing Kirk Cousins. They give him a three-year, $84 million. Then they work out that deal for Sheldon Richardson on their defensive line, which is a missing piece because Sharif Floyd uh, has been dealing with uh, uh, the the knee injury, the nerve damage uh, in his knee. And then probably the Rams would be the other one. I still think Philadelphia is a loaded football team. Quite frankly, but the Rams are kind of pushing all their chips in the table. They've got a you know a new stadium that's going to open up in a couple of years, uh, trying to make uh, some some PSL uh, sales out there. So they're kind of putting it in there right now that they want to control that market out there in LA. And uh, by God, they've kind of pushed everything all in with uh, Sue and all the all the moves that they've made this off season. All right, quickly before we head to another break, um, and, and some of these teams, the Bears obviously will be playing here in, in 2018, including the Rams, uh, one of their 18 opponents. Um, what Taylor Gabriel had to say, I love his personality, number one. I love his dynam- dynamic ability. I love his speed, obviously. To me, you can never have enough speed. Speed kills. Well, it's been it, missing. Yeah, it's, it has definitely been missing, and I think it's increasing on both sides of the ball, and I hope it continues in that direction because that's, that's also, in addition to injuries, the great equalizer in sports if you got that speed. And I just love the kid's attitude. I think more guys like that have come into the offense side of the ball, including Allen Robinson, these guys think in ways that you want your players to think. You, you, you have to have a, a, an aggressive thinking offense because, you know, last year at the end of the season, I was really disappointed in some of the post-game comments by Dal Loggins at one point where he said, the reason we didn't want run some of these plays is because the defense was dictating to us the talent, the, the personnel on the field. Bologna. This has got to be about offensive personnel that 100% of the time, according to the down and distance in the field position, the Bears have to dictate the defense's personnel grouping by what the Bears put on the field. And I really thought that was a, a passive attitude to have by an offensive coordinator telling you that the defense was dictating the groupings of offensive personnel. Yeah, they've had a lot of more, lot more personnel groupings. Do have the speed to stretch the field, and it, you know, it's something as small as you know Gabriel and the stuff he provides. One is yards per catch average, the versatility. You mentioned the jet sweeps; they can run wide receiver screens because he's as quick as a hiccup. I mean, he's taken a wide receiver screen seventy six yards for a touchdown. I mean, this guy can make guys miss, so they've added a lot of dynamic playmakers, which will make it more difficult on the defense. That's Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access. Uh, Coming up next, we'll start taking your phone calls. 312-644-6767-312-644-6767. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 
Hey, thanks to Mike Chen and Herb Lawrence helping us out on the board here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access. Joniak, Thayer, and Miller with you. And you can sign your child up for a fun, non-contact Chicago Bears youth football camp. Brought to you by Gatorade and Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. Give us a call, 312-644-6767. Halfway through the program, we're going to go to Ottawa and say hello to Dave. Good evening. Welcome to the program. How are you doing, big guy? Good. How's it going there? Fantastic. I'll tell you what, I like you guys. I like to listen to you every uh, time you're on. Appreciate I like the one hour there. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, I'm trying not to get excited about the Bears because I did it too many times. <laughs> I'm too old, but I do it every year. I get nuts. And I was wanting to ask you guys, I read an article from Sports Bakery today. They were talking about Kalia Mack, and I think it might take a first round and a second round to get him. Do you think in their wildest dreams that the Bears would do that? Wow. I, you know, first of all, I would have to try to understand what his, what his financial demands are in terms of the next contract he's going to get because he's going to ask for a Von Miller-type contract, which is going to be huge. And then that adds some of the complications, but I like him. I like Khalil Mack. I like him since he's, he's come out of college. I like the way he's approached the game out there in Oakland. And if you do have a person, personality clash with John Gruden, you're not going to be there for long. But I do think well, John Gruden respects good football players too, Big Dave. Yeah, but he hadn't shown up for camp, and he's not going to show up for the uh, well, voluntary it's, camp. So it's I, kind of a negotiating tactic, though, Dave. It's kind of you know yeah. he, he's on the last year of his contract. Supposedly, what's being reported is there there's a big gap uh, in terms of the negotiations of the of the extension uh, for Khalil Mack. And the bottom line is things are you know they're not mandatory right now. You know, that's not a mandatory, and granted, I, I think he should be there. I don't think there's any upside when you're not in the building trying to work on a new contract. I think if you just show up and go to work, uh, things happen a lot quicker from that standpoint, but supposedly there's a big gap, and it's just kind of a negotiating tactic. When it's mandatory, Khalil Mack will be there. He's clearly their best pass rusher, and I I, I think it would be difficult for them to, to trade away their top player on defense. This is going to be a draft-driven team, and that's the focus of general manager Ryan Pace. Yeah. He says it repeatedly, so they still have to find playmakers through the draft at the moment. You know, if a team is on the precipice of possibly winning a Super Bowl. You saw it years ago when Simeon Rice went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A pass rusher like that could be a difference maker in putting you over the top. That, but this guy wants, to but your you point, know what, $65 million in guaranteed money. You could also with. be waiting for Aaron Donald to sign a deal because the outside players sometimes make more right. than the inside players. Now if he's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league, maybe that could add a little bit to Khalil Mack's value there. Dave, appreciate the phone call to Logan Dave. Square. Liam, you're up next. What's going on, buddy? Not so much. How you guys doing today? Good, good Liam. How you doing? Good, good. I just had a quick question going off of, I just heard the last caller talk about sports mockery. I saw them talking about South Dakota, South Dakota quarterback Chris Strebler, runner-up for the Walter Payton Award this past year, uh, working out for the Bears this coming Friday. Just curious to see what your guys' thoughts are on him and what, what are the chances of bringing uh, Chris Lake, Illinois native, back to Chicagoland. <laughs> Sounds good. Love all the local homegrown talent. There's been a lot of them uh, entering the NFL almost weekly now, especially when you do the preseason games included. There's a Chicago area kid. Jim, in your circles, uh, how's his name yeah. come up? 
Yeah, I think when when you look at it from that standpoint, I mean, a lot of teams do it where they bring in the the local players that you mentioned, Jeff. I mean, I mean, think about Wisconsin, Whitewater. The Bears have added local uh, talent from that standpoint. But you know, I, I don't think he's a guy when you look at it right now that is expected to get drafted. Now, could he be added as a camp arm as an undrafted free agent? I think obviously that's a pa- possibility. You're always looking for for guys like that because you're going to need those extra arms uh, that are available. But I, I don't think they'd have to, you know. Uh, give up a, a draft pick to to sign a guy that they're going to bring in. Give a look, see as as a camp arm, and potentially go from from that standpoint. Finished the year with over four thousand yards uh, through the air and uh, mobile as well. Forty three touchdown passes and uh, had a bunch of rushing touchdowns as well. Chris Strebler, a name to keep an eye on. But again, local workouts, as you know, bring in a lot of the Chicago area kids to Naperville and Derek. You're on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, and Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. What do you got? Uh, yeah, well, first and foremost, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, you guys are awesome. Uh, best best sportscasters in, uh, in the nation. Uh, love the Bears. Um, unlike the, uh, the first caller, I'm a lot younger, but also <laughs> have been very excited over the years, seen really good defense, really good football. Um, but I think the best thing the Bears did this offseason was keeping Vic Fangio around because he's gonna he's just he's just so darn good at what he does and that defense is I'm hoping looking sharp and be able to allow the offense to score 24 points and win a game. I, I agree with you. I think you look at a good relationship with Leonard Floyd, a really developing relationship with Adrian Amos, a better relationship with Kyle Fuller. Some of those young guys that really had to come on board, show their value make sure they made strides throughout their career and come out to be the players everybody hoped they will. And I think that's still a little bit of a question mark with Leonard Floyd, but he and Vic Vangio have a good relationship. And I think the rest of these players, they've really come on board with Vic Fangio. But again, I've been saying it now for the last four or five weeks, Eddie Goldman, Jonathan Bullard, those are going to be the two names that are going to stand out for me throughout camp that have to come out here and have the best of their career so far years if they're really going to come in here and be included in that that front line defense that they need help at everybody should be a year better you know the the continuity of the defense is there I'm, I'm with Tom I mean those guys the light bulbs got to go off in terms of Jonathan Bullard what Vic Fangio is asking those guys to do defensively so there's just a lot more continuity a lot of guys are already on the same page can they take the next step you know, even rookies like like Eddie Jackson, who who played phenomenal in his rookie year, but more is expected. You know, they don't have to to go back to say day one install. Granted, they're going to do it during the OTAs, but just the speed of where they're at defensively should be a lot better because things should be clicking in those players' minds where they really can hit the ground running defensively. Plus, fellas, I think Vic probably has a lot more in his playbook that he'd love to pull out. But sometimes sure. he can't because they just weren't ready for it or they're not good enough for it. So with this development and adding pieces to the puzzle in this draft, with I, hope, I mean, the assumption is they're going to get a playmaker-type player on the defensive side of the ball at some point in these first three rounds of the draft. To Humboldt Park and Victor, you're on the program. Good evening. Hey, Victor. Hey, fellas. I have a question. With all the combine meetings and the pre-draft visits and it's so many players – how many of those do you think they really uh, have meetings just to throw off uh, other teams and make, maybe make them think they're taking one position because they're meeting with a position heavy just to throw off um, you know, other teams? 
Thanks for the time. Exactly right. Well, I think, Victor, I think it's an interesting tactic because, you know, when the commissioner walked to the podium last year and said the Bears have traded up for the second pick of the draft, I did not think Mitchell Trubisky. But when they said the name Mitchell Trubisky, you saw the response from it. So I think Ryan Pace has done a good job of hiding his cards. Uh, but I do think when you take the time to bring in the players to the facility and you go through this exhaustive ex- investigation of their talents and injuries, it's something you have to do with a more serious approach because you know teams don't know what you're going to pick anyways immediately. Yeah, and sometimes you know they may not even you know be in the wheelhouse to draft that particular player. You know, here all week we've seen all the top teams in the draft. They they pretty much have brought in every quarterback or are working them out in in some uh, capacity. And and sometimes this, even though you may bring a guy in for a visit, like I'll give you a case in point: Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, he was down there working out uh, Bra- uh, Bradley Chubb, the North Carolina State uh, defensive end. Unless Bill Belichick can use those assets to trade up, they don't. They won't have a shot at Bradley Chubb. But I bring this up because Mike Vrabel, who's now the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Bill Belichick brought him to New England and said, "Hey, you know, we're we're not even going to be able to draft you. You're just not going to be in our wheelhouse where we're selecting in this particular round. We have no way to get up and get you." But as soon as Pittsburgh, you know, released him. Guess who he added? Right. It was Mike Vrabel. And we all know how good of a player Mike Vrabel was uh, for Bill Belichick. So some of it is it could be futures. You know, some of these no players question. could be crossing the Bears' pass, you know, at their next contract. They're doing advanced maybe, work here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Getting to know the guy. I, I think that's part how, of it. What better way to get to know the guy? Yep. Get him in your building and work him out a little bit. To Frank for Tom, our last call before we take a break. Tom, good evening. Hi, guys. Uh, great show. And I was just wondering if uh, – Tom Thayer could speak about what difference bringing in the new offensive line coach is going to make for the players, and what can we see? Diff- what will we see different on the offensive line this year? Well, I, I think it's ex- Harry's exposure to the college football game and the wide open style of offense, both run by Brian Kelly and what he's seen in preparation for for the defenses he's faced at that level. So I think when you think about the Harry Heastead in his past with the Bears, he's about a powerful, strong you know, full-figured offensive line that's going to come off the ball and, 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 you know, wreak havoc on the interior but still have the athleticism to get outside because I do think with this new offense, you're going to have a lot of versatility within the offensive line, but I do still think Harry is a strength and base type of offensive line. Let me let me ask you this, Tom, because, you know, people forget we're, we're getting all pass happy. Hey, we're going to chuck it all over the lot. And you got two really good running backs in Jordan Howard and, and Tariq Cohen. Just remind me and probably the listeners out there of Harry's past with the Bears, how much was dedicated to the run game? Because people forget Coach Nagy coming from, from Kansas City. I mean, Kareem Hunt was one of the better rookies of the year last year. Think of him and Elvin Kamara and their ability to run the football and the explosive plays and how much will be dedicated in terms of the offensive line and getting the run game cranked up. Well, you know, anybody that watched Notre Dame the last couple of years saw some pretty explosive running backs there and had some huge games, even in the Heisman consideration at time. But I do think that's what Harry's you know, his ability, why he wants his players to be strong, because he wants to be physical in the first quarter that wins battles in the fourth quarter. And I do think as much as you want to see a high-profile offense that's going to go sideline to sideline, if you have that basis, continuous threat of a power running game, that can ignite so much of the rest of your offense. So I think that's what it's about. Bring in Harry. He's got a great feel for the college game, but he knows how to bring it up to the NFL level. Yeah, he was there 0506 for the Bears in their playoff years. 
going to the Super Bowl with Thomas Jones and Cedric Benson. So they like to run the football then. He will like to run the football now. And Every don't offensive forget, line coach wants to run Don't forget him. Mark Helfrich also, because at Oregon, they also ran a lot. Yeah. They did. They ran the ball too. All right, we're going to take a break here. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670th score. Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Back in a moment. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller here on Bears All Access, our remaining segment. This week, a special edition of Inside the Bears from the Dominican Republic. <laughs> Akeem Hicks, Adrian Amos, Charles Leno Jr., Marcus Cooper. Join me, Spice Adams, Lauren Screeden, and 100 Bears fans for a week of fun in the sun. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays at 6 p.m. on CDW or CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 1035 on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at ChicagoBears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. Jim, the reason whenever, Jeff, the- whenever Tom starts giggling, he's, he's, he's got that devilish thing going on, and I don't know what he's up to, but I have a suspicion. Well, no, we, we talked about this in the past when we had Anthony Adams on because yeah. there was an incident there when they were at um, – they pulled an audience member out to show a demonstration yeah. how they'd celebrate after they touched, scored a touchdown in the NFL. Well, the person threw the ball in the sand and then immediately kicked it, and then two feet away was standing Jeff Joniak, and the ball hit him right in the face. And <laughs> It threw his glasses off. He thought he lost teeth. Uh, so it was numbing. You ever get hit with the nose of the football oh, from two feet away? I, I, and to two, her credit, Jim, did they get that on tape? Partial, yes. partial. It's not. You can't really see. You can hear it. You can. You could hear it all the way down the beach. There was the thump, double thump. The double thump that you cannot imagine. Um, but Akeem Hicks was giving a demonstration on how to play defensive football, and he said to this young lady, this is what we're going to teach you, and then what happens when you score a touchdown? You spike the ball. Instead of spiking the ball, that's where Tom got it wrong, she kicked it in my face, and it was a perfect punt, and she <laughs> so felt awful. I thought I lost my, my, my whole rack. I thought they were gone. Thought my so, chicklets were gone. Tom called it. He's been calling you stone hands for years, right, Tom? Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> I had no chance to catch that. I had, my, I had a microphone in one hand and my hand, my left hand on Akeem's back. He, See, I had a mic. Excuses are already saying? starting, Tom. Yeah. Just right, whatever. Right. No We're reactions. Moving We're moving on in our final segment. Hey, uh, condolences to uh, the family of Joe McConnell, a, a great, great play-by-play man in multiple sports, but um, very, very big in Chicago as well. Uh, not only as the voice of the Chicago Bears for many years on WBBM until 1984, from 1977, but also did DePaul, he did Northwestern, he did the Whites, he did everything. And I got to know Joe uh, very well in the NBA days. Uh, on the road, he was voice of NBA radio and national broadcast. And uh, just a gentleman, uh, lots of great stories, fiery guy, but a superb play-by-play man, one of the best this city has known. Right. You know, Joe McConnell, I mean, you know, back in the day when he was doing the games, that's that was your only avenue to listen to the Bears. It wasn't like you had all these different ways to go about, about listening to any game you want to be broadcast across the NFL landscape. So, you know, that was like what it was like, you know, growing up here. Again, born here in 61, and the access you had to Bears was the local guy. And Joe McConnell, you know, at that age, up into 80, 1984, was, was the guy here. And then we also had the passing of Dale Hopp, 
Yeah, a former yeah. Chicago Bears defensive line coach. And here's a guy, Dale Hop, that went on to coach the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl, set a record for the amount of sacks in one season with Hampton and McMichael, Mikey Hartenstein, and the whole crew, Jimmy Osborne, the whole crew that they coached throughout the years. But then he went on to coach the Philadelphia Eagles with Buddy Ryan and the defensive coach there. And I think the first year he was there, Philly had 53 sacks. The second year he was there, he had 50, they had 57. Reggie had Reggie White had 18 sacks the first year Dale got there. And then he had 21 the second year Dale was there. And then you think of Super Bowl MVP and Richard Dent. So when you lose these guys along the way in your football past, there's a thousand memories you always think positively of these guys, and that's the same with Dale Hop. One funny story was, which really caught me off guard as a rookie, <clears throat> I was standing there getting ready to do one-on-ones, and Steve McMichael got down on all fours behind Dale Hop, and then Hampton pushed him over him. <laughs> and to me, being a rookie, watching these experienced veterans do that to a position coach, I was... You thought it was disrespectful. Breathless, you know, I was going, Oh my God, I can't believe they did it. Dale Hop got up and he was so mad, but all the great memories you have of these men that have come through your life in the football path that, you know, it's sad to see him go, but they live great memories in your mind. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. It's interesting. I'm sorry. Uh, let me let me jump in here, Jeff, because not only the great D lines he coached for the Bears, if you remember when he uh, showed up with the Eagles, and obviously Reggie White and Jerome Brown and Clyde Simmons ended up coming to play for the Bears yep. late in his career, and just how well schooled he was. I mean, he basically taught all those young players on the Bears defensive line all over again. I mean, it was it's pretty amazing uh, the impact these coaches right. Had. You know, not to lose it just on Reggie because he had Jerome yeah. Brown there, he had Ron Pitts, he had you know Mike yeah. Golick played for him also. So I mean, he had a crew of guys that have come under 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 Dale Hop that he really allowed these guys to flourish in NFL. Clyde Simmons, one of uh, Dick Duran's favorite players, and I, I think he went into coaching. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, he's coaching yep. defensive line now in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, he's still doing it right yep. now. Clyde yep. Simmons, just a gentle giant, just a great guy, uh, Jim, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Over the years. You know, these coaches that are hired, everybody says, okay, you got to be a teacher. That's number one. You just got to be a teacher. But not everybody can do it. Not everybody can jump to the NFL and do it. We've seen it time and time again. There are so many situations when guys can't do it in the NFL. But the value of a veteran teacher, a grizzled vet, as players, both of you, I'm certain you appreciated that, especially the guys that played the game and then went into it and were 10, 15, 20-year veterans in the coaching world. True or false? Well, Jim and I are both on the offensive side of the ball. Jim, that's where you get the best teachers. And no no slight to the defensive guys at all. Please understand that. But there's a lot more intricacies in the offensive terminology and stuff that you have to learn repetitiously. Yeah, you know, I say it all the time about Ron Earhart. That's who kind of broke me in with the the Steelers. And, you know, I think every day that, that he was my – and he was at that point, you know – he was way up there in terms of his age, but it was still getting it done and could, you know, could communicate with young players, with old players, exactly what he wanted. And it gave me the foundation uh, that I needed in the National Football League. It really did. Well, next week they'll be coaching because next week and continuing for three weeks, all the coaches are allowed on the field. Finally, I'm good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. The workouts uh, could impl- include some um, player instruction, some drills. Helmets and drills, pitting the offense against the defense, though prohibited for the time being. So it's a slow process to ramp up, and uh, that's just the way it is right now in the National Football League. That's what the rules say, so you do what you can. I'd be satisfied just seeing offensive formations to see, okay, let me see the imagination of these coaches and how do these guys fit when they break the huddle. That, that would be just a neat aspect of the puzzle coming forward. 
All right, Jim, I expect to see no less than uh, 10 mock drafts between now and our next show from you. We'll try and get it done Uh, for you. A lot of trades. Wait, we got to go, but who are you mocking at the Bears at the present time? I'll tell you what, I like the whole top 10. Once those quarterbacks are cleared off, good players are going to be sitting there for the Bears where they're selecting at the number eight spot. Sounds good, Jim. Defensive uh, backfield, you got uh, talented linebackers and Roquan Smith uh, of Georgia, so plenty of good players there for the Bears. All right, sounds good. Thanks to Taylor Gabriel tonight for Tom and Jim. Uh, also, our guys on the board tonight, Herb Lawrence helping us out, and Mike Chen, thanks most of all to you. We're out of here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Chicago Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, FanDuel, and PNC.